In this episode, I want to share with you the five common blind spots so many leaders uncover in their 360 degree feedback assessments. Over the last couple of months, I've done numerous 360 degree assessments and debriefs with leaders across the ranks. So from newer managers who've been in their roles for a couple of years to leaders who've been in their roles or been leading for five to 10 years, as well as more experienced leaders who are at the senior or at the executive level. And at each stage, there are often a few slightly different common blind spots, but there are five that I find show up often, not always, but often across the ranks. And I want to share those with you today so you can do some self-reflection, maybe especially as we're going into the holiday break and you have time to reflect on your last year and to think about this upcoming year, 2023, and how you want to show up as a leader, how you want to grow as a leader. What are your personal development goals? And maybe the one or the other rings true to you. And then that'd be a good one to add to your list. I'm pretty sure you're going to find this a very helpful and insightful episode. So let's dive in. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows. In this show, you learn how to think, communicate, and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be. Welcome to this episode of the Manager Track Podcast. If you are listening to this when it gets released fresh off the press, then the holidays are around the corner. So I want to take a moment and wish you wonderful, rejuvenating, relaxing, joyful, all the good things, kind of holidays uh, with your loved ones, family, friends, and the likes. And I hope that you can take a bit of a break from work and sit back and relax and also reflect on your past year and especially if you're someone who deals with imposter syndrome or has that voice of self-doubt running in the background and is pretty self-critical take a moment and take stock of all the achievements and things that you've accomplished this past year in the areas that you've grown the results you delivered on or were contributing to and all the good stuff to really create an inventory on all your achievements and accomplishments. It's a very effective tool in order to recognize your successes, grow your personal self-worth, and as a result, feel more self-confident. And on that note, you might find my career journal really helpful to do this kind of work. You can find it at RamonaShaw.com forward slash growth resources. And that's where you can find the journal. We will link to it below in the show notes as well. And it's also available on Amazon. So if you type in career journal and Ramona Shaw, it will pop up. And that could be a great gift for once, but it can also be a great resource for you to do the tracking, we have a list in there, a template on how to track your accomplishments, how to identify potential blind spots or career goals, look at your leadership effectiveness, as well as track your compensations over the years, and then set goals for this coming year. And then the big part of the journal are 52 weeks of self-reflections. I love the book. I created it because this is the kind of career journal that I wanted or would have found most useful when I was in a corporate role. And hence, I created it and made it available. So check out the link below. 
But let's get into the episode. So we were talking about the 360 and uncovering blind spots. Now, if you're not familiar with the term 360, a 360 degree feedback assessment simply means that often by, with a coach or company internal, if they have systems and uh, resources in place, they will ask a number of people from the people that you lead, so direct reports, and then a group of your peers, some of your peers and stakeholders that includes your boss, but maybe also other people on higher levels in terms of seniority that you engage with often. And a proper 360 is well-structured. It has a set of questions that are open-ended in order to grasp sort of the qualitative feedback, but it also asks questions for a more quantitative assessment, such as scaling questions or uh, rating questions from one to five in terms of how well they're doing a particular skill. I personally do this for clients. I also do it as one-offs or I do it for organizations. We have a 360 degree feedback assessment that we customize based on our clients or the leaders particular uh, needs and situation and then we will administer it uh, meaning we will send out the invitations we will track it monitor it um, and then debrief it with the client organizations who do this internally they often run similar tools and then the manager would debrief it with you if you've never done a 360 assessment and you are in a leadership role I cannot emphasize enough how important this would be for you and how valuable this could be. It won't be easy. I'm not saying this is easy because you're consolidating a lot of feedback from people in an anonymous way, but the growth that comes from it and the insights that you can gather from 360 degree feedback assessments are significant. I find it an incredibly useful development tool because at the end of the day, self-reflection and feedback are the most effective tools for improvement. So take an honest look at how you're doing. Ask for feedback, right? So solicit feedback, either somewhat in a structured way, you can do this also yourself, but if you can, and if your company pays for it or even offers it internally, ask for a 360 degree feedback assessment. The number of times where I've seen leaders sort of struggle or be stuck or not quite sure what they need to do or how they're doing overall as leaders uh, for years. And then we do a 360 degree feedback assessment and that is the turning point. And within months, drastically change and increase their effectiveness as leaders. So while this shouldn't be and isn't intended to be a promo episode here, uh, if you do want to have help or are interested in speaking with me about 360 assessment, check out the link below for a strategy call and we can discuss this as well. Now let's dive actually into the topic of the common blind spots that get uncovered in 360 degree assessments. Gosh, I wanted to tell you one more story. So let me, let me make this really short. And you might know this. Uh, I do lift weights, meaning I go to the gym and I love training my strength. And I've hired a coach because I felt like I was stagnating for quite a bit. So I had this coach and we were having a casual conversation and she said something about the sets to warm up and then the actual working sets. And all the working sets should be going to failure, meaning that you couldn't actually lift anymore. And I thought, wait a second, I didn't know that. I don't do that. I only train until my max at the very last set that I do. 
And so I said, wait a second, I think I misunderstood what you just said. And in the conversation, I realized, oh no, I had a completely wrong assumption of what I needed to do. And that for sure has imp impacted my uh, training results. So these are the small things that sometimes we think we're doing it right. And we think we're doing it well. And then when someone gives us feedback on this and actually says, no, 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 wait a second, you got to move up here. You got to turn up the notch on this side. Or if you don't do this, here's the side effect that you might not be aware of or the consequence that you might not see because it happens behind your back or it happens without your knowledge because you can't track it or you can't see it. And these little changes that once you know this and these little things are the things you don't know that you don't know. If you know that you don't know something, that's not the problem. But the things that you don't know, you don't know. That's where the risk lies. And in the 360s, when we uncover blind spots, it's all about those things we didn't know we didn't know. So I didn't know that I didn't know how to do working sets. I thought I knew enough and made an assumption that I actually never clarified. I totally worked based off assumptions because I didn't know I didn't know this other part. Okay, that was my quick story, how that relates to other areas of your life. But let's get back to leadership and your work. The first blind spot that I often see is that leaders feel the need to have all the answers. And this is a tricky one, especially for new managers, because as an individual contributor, you are actually rewarded and you needed to have all the answers in most cases. But as a leader, that's not the way you operate. You don't need to have all the answers. Maybe I even don't want to have all the answers because if you don't, you start to listen more. You start to ask more questions. You're showing more humility and curiosity as long as you're not trying to cover up that you don't know. So owning the fact that you don't know, you can even say, I don't know, let's find out. That makes you a humble leader. It makes you relatable, increases trust, shows integrity. And it also means that when someone comes to you with an idea that they have on how to solve a problem or a project that they want to pursue and you have a different opinion about it or if you would go about it in a different way, yeah, there may be a moment in time where, you know, you should step in because otherwise this could be a risky endeavor. But oftentimes taking a step back and encouraging them to think through their ideas. You can ask about implications for other departments. You could ask about potential risks that they can think of and how they would navigate those and just help them expand their thinking. And if they continue to want to pursue this idea and it's not very risky, let them do it. Because if you have a little tweak to it or another idea or a little bit of a better way, yeah, you might increase that idea by 5%, but you just took away 50% of their commitment to executing. Because when it was their idea and they were fully owning it, they were very invested in executing and showing you that they were going to be successful with this. But when you start to pivot and tweak and add your stuff on top of it, you're making the idea slightly better, but they're now executing your plan and no longer their plan. So the commitment to execution actually dropped, which at the end of the day puts you both in a worse situation. So let other people experiment, simply help them through their ideas, ask thought provoking questions, and then empower them to do things their way. And you might actually be surprised because your way is for sure not always the best way, even if you think so. So some humility, let them run with it. And also trust that if things don't go well, 
You got to have their backs. That's what a leader does. But you also will show them the learning opportunity at hand. It will be a huge teaching moment that will make your team members stronger and it will actually increase the relationship between the two of you. So the blind spot of needing to have all the answers and coming into conversations, demonstrating that the leader has all the answers and sort of has the last say and knows best comes from a good place because leaders want to show their credibility then they often think that as a leader they gotta have a strong opinion about something but actually the impact on employees is very very different so that was number one as a caring and driven manager i know you want to strengthen your leadership skills advance your career and lead a high performing engaged team and in order to do that as a leader you need to lead with a system not by shooting from your hips or reacting to everyone else around you. To do so, you need to first learn what should go into a leadership system and second, develop your own. Now, the good news is that I teach you one must-have part in your leadership system in a concise, actionable, and yet comprehensive course focused on running successful one-on-one meetings with your direct reports. It includes over 67 minutes of tactical leadership training plus a set of resources to make this as easy and immediately applicable for you as possible. You can either watch the video lessons or listen to it through a private podcast feed on your phone. You can get your hands on this course, which I want every single manager to have, for a nominal $19 at ramonashaw.com slash one one. That's two times the number one. You can check the show notes for the details or head on over to ramonashaw.com slash one one to get started right now. Number two is when people are too negative. And again, this shows up across the ranks from new managers to very senior leaders. The negativity can really take over. And We are all wired to see negative things or threats and pay attention to those more than to the positive. This is how we are wired. This is part of our survival instinct. So it's not really surprising, but there are some people and we know them all who particularly focus on all the negative things, all the things that could go wrong, all the risks, all the downsides, all the disadvantages, and they are very quick to point them out. Now, it is an asset, it is a strength to look for those things, but you have to understand the impact on other people. You become a downer, you become a naysayer, you become the one who's always seeing all the problems. And that's not inspiring. That's not fun, especially for someone who's a visionary, someone who has big ideas and is excited to have big goals and work on them. They don't want to think about all the problems that could come up down the road. It would be very demotivating for them to do so. So if you notice yourself, oh, I have the strength to always pick up all the risks. Remember that any strength can be overdone and this may be your blind spot. So instead of saying, no, not a good idea or well, okay, but scratch this and instead say yes and. It sounds very different than to say, hmm but not really. You can say, yes, I get that. And at the same time, 
And so you're supporting their idea, but you're highlighting another aspect. Another quick thing that you can start to implement is that when someone is brainstorming big ideas or goals and they're thinking in a visionary way or creative way, instead of being the person who brings down the mood in the meeting by pointing out all the problems, you can say, I love it. I'm buying into this. I see it. I'm excited for this or I'm excited for you. And whenever the time is right, let's talk out the kinks. Let's talk about the roadmap and the plan. But that may not be the moment when someone is brainstorming ideas and gets excited about it. Bite your lips, like just hold back. Know that you're going to have an opportunity down the road to talk about the challenges and how to address them. But don't suck out the air in a meeting when someone is super excited and inspired. Just because you see it and you understand that they're going to be problems does not mean you have to share them right then and there. Third one is not delegating enough. And yes, sounds like a new manager problem. It isn't. It happens all the way through. People hold on to things for many, many different reasons. Sometimes it's not trusting their team members. Sometimes it's because they think if they let that go, then what's the value in their role? Uh, Then what's their personal value? They're not really able to contribute anymore or they're hanging on to things because they like doing those things more than they like doing other things. But at the end of the day, you have to get really clear on what is the biggest purpose of your role? How are you adding the most value in your position? And then work on what adds most value and delegate as much as you can. Now, an easy, quick thing that you could do is speak with every direct report on your team and ask them, what is something that you think I could delegate to you? What is something that you wished you'd have more involvement or had more ownership? What is something that seems like I'm still hanging on that you feel you're ready to take on? And then you can also ask your boss and say like, hey, from the things that I do, what do you think I should start to delegate more? Or you could ask your boss, hey, from all the things that I'm doing, which one do you think I'm actually adding the least value and need to be delegated? I'd love to have an outside perspective as I'm currently thinking about this. It's a great time to do this at the beginning of the year or in the beginning of a new quarter. Uh, So keep that in mind. But not delegating enough is a huge blind spot. Now, you don't have to do a big 360 on this. If you think, oh, delegating, yeah, I should maybe think about this a little bit. Ask your team members, hey, how well do you think I'm doing in terms of delegating? Do you think I could delegate more? Am I hanging on too much? Uh, And what specific things would those be? Get some feedback, solicit feedback on this particularly. Okay, number four is not giving enough recognition and or feedback. Sometimes it's the thing about praise where managers or leaders are short on giving praise. Some people think, you know what, I give you a salary or you're getting paid and you're getting paid pretty well. So that should be recognition enough. But that's not how humans are wired. They sound like a very rational argument or opinion here, but it's not how we are wired, we are craving recognition. It's also the thing that motivates long-term compensation is a short-term motivator. So thinking about ways to praise your team members, give them recognition, not one-off and not fluffy stuff like, good job, well done, I like that, right? Loved it, amazing. Those are very superficial and they don't mean a lot. Instead, really point out uh, efforts specifically like the things that they put a lot of effort in. I've seen your effort. I noticed how well you prepared for this. I saw how thoughtful you were in this approach. I appreciate how you 
communicated this or how you collaborated with other team members. Thank you so much for going the extra mile, staying late last night to finish this up. Anything that you see or people put effort in or particular strength that they displayed, highlight it. It comes for free. It's hugely motivating. It takes you a few seconds, but all it takes is your discipline to do this on a recurring basis. And I often talk on this podcast about developing your leadership system. So making sure that you're not reactive to this or once in a while you think about giving recognition or praise. Instead, part of your leadership system is to build in time in your week to specifically think about who to praise on what. And ideally you can come up with at least one thing for every direct report of yours that you can give them a shout out, you can recognize them. Quick side note, about 75% of people love being praised in public, about 25% of people hate it. So if you notice someone shrinking when they're receiving praise in a group, you could check with them and say like, hey, would you prefer for me to praise you or, or give those kind of shout outs in private? I noticed your body language and it wasn't sure if you actually appreciate, you know, things like this being shared in public or not. We always say, you know, give negative feedback in private and praise in public, but that does not apply to everyone. And those who hate it, they really, really hate it. So it might be worth checking in. And then on the other side too, constructive feedback, that needs to be a regular thing. And you could ask your team members, hey, on a scale from one to 10, do you feel like I'm giving you sufficient feedback? A 10 would be, yes, absolutely. You're doing a great job. A one would be, I'm giving you nothing. Where would I fall and how? Uh, where would I fall and why? So you can ask him a question like this to get a bit of an idea of how people feel with the level of feedback that you provide. And again, the constructive feedback could be very tactical, but you also want to make sure you give developmental feedback on how they can grow and what it will take for them to get to the next level and really focus your feedback conversations on those particular skills or behaviors. Now, last but not least, another common blind spot that often comes up in 360s is that the team feels the leader doesn't advocate for them enough, that they don't absorb stress enough, meaning they're more of a stress amplifier than a stress absorber, and leaders want to be stress absorbers. They should be protecting the team from any unnecessary demands, but if leaders actually create more stress or constantly change priorities because some stakeholder has a new idea or are quick to wanting to adapt to that. But if leaders are either not a strong enough buffer where they will protect the priorities of the team and not create confusion or lack of clarity and uncertainty for the team because they're constantly reacting to everyone else around them and therefore their entire team is is sort of reacting uh, left and right, but also they may not advocate upwards enough. So the team might have an idea, they want to do something, they pass it on to you and you're supposed to represent it to a senior leadership. And if someone in the senior leadership group may disagree, you might just give up or leaders might just give up and say like, hey, no, it was rejected or it didn't work out or someone had a different idea. So let's go with that. And your team may start to feel like, hey, hold on a second. Why aren't you pushing back? Why aren't you defending this more? You know, call someone else, try something more, really speak up and advocate for us. And if they don't see you do that, that will diminish trust. And this is something 
that is often a blind spot and comes up in 360 assessments, both on not advocating upwards, but also not buffering or, or protecting the team from too much volatility or the reactiveness of those around them. Let me quickly recap. The first one that we talked about was needing to have all the answer. The second one was being too negative. The third one was not delegating enough. The fourth one was not giving enough recognition or feedback. And the fifth one was not protecting the team enough from above or not advocating enough upwards. I hope you found these helpful. These are notes that came out of a bit of a reflection on the last couple of months, the 360 that I've done. When I asked myself the questions of what are some of the common patterns that I've seen across many of these reports. But don't just listen to this, really take it in. Uh, Take a moment to reflect on which of those five blind spots may be the case for your leadership and then solicit some feedback about it. It may not be true, right? You could be wrong, but you won't know. And we all don't have the crystal ball. So we have to ask questions. We have to communicate with our team, solicit feedback to grow our self-awareness, uncover these blind spots, and then actually be able to do something with them. So let's do that. And if you want to grab that career journal, check out the links below. If you're interested in doing a 360, schedule a strategy call and we can chat about that as well. Otherwise, and if you're listening to this before the holidays, then I wish you a wonderful holiday season or a holiday break and lots of fun and a joyful and relaxing time with your loved ones. Take care and we'll talk to you in the new year. Bye for now. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out two other awesome resources to help you become a leader people love to work with. This includes my best-selling book, The Confident Incompetent New Manager, which you can find on Amazon or at RamonaShaw.com book and a free training on how to successfully lead as a new manager. You can check it out at RamonaShaw.com masterclass. These resources and a couple more you'll find in the show notes down below.